Who are we? Nobodies. Speak for yourself. Okay. We're Canadian filmmakers with the dream of surviving financially on the backs of our films. Welcome to our show where we bring people along on our film journey. Maybe we can learn a thing or two. Maybe we can teach people a thing or two while drinking beers. I mean, if you can't drink beers while filmmaking, what's the point? We are Fable Forest Films, failing our way to success. Welcome to Jurassic Park. I mean, our show. First frames first. So just keep in mind that this is terrible. <laughs> yeah, and it is. It really if is. If the plan is for it to be terrible, then I'm there is, the guy. There is no like, I'm the guy. It really is. So this, we'll just run this for like seven minutes. All right. As long as it's a 7D, I don't uh, work with anything lower. <laughs> 60D, fuck. Yeah. Get out of no, it. No. Oh. <coughs> All right. So, okay, so, so, all right, let's, here, tell you what, can you move your, are you able what to do you turn want me? a smidge? That'll do. What a Because otherwise, otherwise, my knee is going to be resting on your knee all the whole time. Uh, it'll get I can't sweaty. move backwards. It'll get sweaty. All right. So, <laughs> um, not weird. So, that's, <laughs> so we're, we're back, we're, we're podcasting, we're, we're, we're podcasting. Yep. We're video podcasting. Um, we're Fable Forest Films, and uh, this is our episode number two of First Frames First. That's right. Um, very cool episode uh, today. Super cool. Uh, we actually have uh, our first ever guest star, um, which which just came about, um, and uh, our guest star. This is this is Jason Armstrong um, from Skeleton Key Films, and um, yeah, he, we were we were chit chatting about some other film related items and uh you know we suckered him into coming on episode number two so yeah so i will just say jason one of the one of the um uh, sort of the premise for this show that we're looking at <laughs> is mapping our journey as we try to figure out how we can pay the bills on the backs of our movies cannot no sorry yeah, well no this is <laughs> this is the journey we're on right this right. is what we're trying Understood, to yeah you know this is what we're trying to and trying to document that journey yeah. um our yeah, process, so that's just how what, we do things. Yeah. yeah, and that's just what the show is basically about. Cool. Just so you understand. So we just we're going to really enjoy hearing your perspective because you're doing the same kind of thing. Like mm -hmm. you're trying to make movies. You're hoping that you get a return so that you you want to make more than one movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you're hoping that you can get a return. So let's start with a bit of background. Mm -hmm. Why don't you tell us where you started when you got into the film industry? Take us back. <sighs> Nostalgia. Yeah. Um, it's funny. My, my, uh, I didn't, I wasn't like one of those kids running around with a camera. Like, this is what I always wanted to do. I never, when I watched movies as a kid, I didn't think about who made them necessarily. I just thought they were cool. So, so far, it's like the worst story ever. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but, because my thing was music. I, I'm a musician and I, that's what I wanted to do played in bands and stuff. Now, I do have some bizarre home movies, some friends of mine, and I made, we didn't know what we were doing, you know, we, we just thought they were fun, made videos basically to other people's songs and stuff, but, um... The way the show also works is I jump in and cut you off from time to time. Right, just like so, that? Exactly. Okay, excellent. Perfect. So, do you... And I will never remember to address the camera, so it's going to be great. Totally Don't do, worry about do it. Do you still have them? Your home See, movies? I hope so, but I haven't found them yet. Because... I don't know if you can see. I don't know what the camera can see, but I have a Betamax player back here, Dude, and I you're still, not that old. <laughs> I still have Betamax movies that I made. So you can, so you can, can you verify that 
that those were actually superior cassette tapes? I mean, everybody says so. I'll tell you that if I were to hit you with a VHS player and a Betamax <laughs> player, I'm just saying. Is that, that really my, the standard of if, <laughs> if what I was trying to do was to beat you to death, Betamax player every time. Okay. Um, I don't know. It had dials that you could like. You could like go back frame by frame if you. Oh wow! Almost you, like you could edit it if you want. Let's say you were watching as a kid. I don't know. Body of Evidence with Madonna, mm -hmm. right? I believe I was. Yeah. <laughs> frame by frame. <laughs> yeah. I'm just Sorry. freeze frames. Um, it had it had. Options. You know, it's I don't know. Do you know about that whole thing? It's a huge aside, but like the right, like and it was like Sony was behind Beta. Yeah. And they lost, but then they were behind Blu-ray and they won against yeah, HD yeah. DVDs. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, everybody gets their time to shine. Yeah, and now that we're HD, just upload it, it to YouTube. And everybody, call it a day. everybody's <laughs> out. Yeah, yeah. I don't, you know, I bought the Wire on Blu-ray five seasons, mm -hmm. and what came with it is the digital download, right? Yeah. Ultraviolet. So yeah, ultraviolet. Yeah. So every like awesome Blu-ray now comes with digital download. Yeah. So you put the thing in and. Right on your computer, you're like, you've got yep. HD, The Wire, all five seasons. And I don't know how I, how I feel about that. I don't know. Like, why did I, I why did I buy the actual but, physical medium? No, 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 but Ultraviolet, the thing about Ultraviolet, when it first came out, people got really excited about it. They thought it was going to be more revolutionary than it was. Because the it's idea be being, universally accessible. Yeah, right? exactly. You, yeah, can yeah. Watch, you could watch it anywhere mm -hmm. at any point. You just log into your account and there's your... Now, know. since Jay, you know, interrupted you so rudely. Well, that's good. It creates a time jump. So uh, eventually I did uh, become a musician in a band traveling around and stuff. Started having kids and that kind of got less awesome. Um, so uh, the band I was in, we were thinking about the last thing we were going to do, basically, to kind of cap off our, our uh, glory days or whatever. And so I had this idea of writing... Um, kind of character-based songs, like six songs, and then we'd shoot a music video for each one, and that would be mm -hmm. cool. Six members in the band. You know, and then, no, no, it was just, oh. no, just characters, like just stories. Um, and we'd just do it ourselves or whatever. And then, <clears throat> for just to back up a bit, for many years my, my wife harassed me to write a book because that was kind of my other forte. It was like prose writing. Mm -hmm. um, so this kind of became that opportunity. So I wrote, I mean, I didn't know how to write a script, so I just wrote stories like prose you know like a book type thing mm -hmm. and um then we were like you know what this is probably like a whole movie really we should just shoot a movie which seemed like a great idea some guys who have no idea how to shoot a movie and then we didn't have to write the songs so <laughs> um you can see where this is going right like, so, like studio time's expensive but i mean we know people with cameras how, yeah. how bad can that be little did we know um and so we shot this movie. With a, a friend of ours helped us out. He's a documentarian, but we like we didn't really know what we were doing, and it was okay. Hmm. But then I reconnected with a friend of mine who had been in a band, and we'd played together a lot, and then kind of lost touch. And he went to had gone to film school. He was in film school when I talked to him. He said, "Listen, I can get some people from third year. We'll come out. We'll reshoot your movie like properly. Like here's how you make a script, proper script." And, I was like, okay, cool, let's do that. And then we did it, and it was really fun, and I thought that was probably it. Then I worked on a set with him for something, and then I made a, we shot like a pitch trailer, and I made 
kind of in the course of that, I made friends with like these guys from LA and this you know actor from New York. Like, like I just wouldn't have expected. Mm-hmm. And they were all like, "Hey, we'll come and do." And I was like, "Really?" So we just made. So Inspiration is an example of that. Like it was a movie where these guys came from all over the place, and we just worked. We just made a movie together. It wasn't like, "Hey, I can pay you guys tons of money." They were just like, "Yeah, let's. It'll be fun." Yeah. You know, I mean, and these are guys who like. I mean, one of them was working on a Spielberg thing afterwards. Another oh, one, me. another one, like was the fight <clears throat> choreographer, or fight designer. If you ever saw this, he'd give me trouble for saying the wrong thing for the Winter Soldier he won't see it. and like crazy stuff. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna send it. <laughs> listen, listen to me getting this thing yeah, right. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So yeah, so then it just kept going, and I kind of had, I just had many opportunities. The people I met said hey I, you know i kind of like the way you do things let's do things together and i was like all right cool and then i started to take it seriously and learn, learn about it and i was like oh i kind of i think i like doing this yeah um yeah so that's so where, where, where did are. your where did your buddy go to film school do you know he went to sheridan sheridan yeah and and uh the people that you've met along the way have you continued to work projects together throughout or uh, kinda... when no, yeah, when possible. Kind of actually, one of the weird stumbling blocks for me, I, I think it's a stumbling block, I don't know, is that after, so I, I did that first film with these people, you know, and they were they were in their third year of film school, and then I really, I mean, I think I'm friends with most of them on Facebook, but I haven't really stayed in touch with them. And um, then I worked on this movie that that guy was making, I just was like, taking pictures or something on set and kind of helping and then went on to shoot my proof of concept stuff for another movie with Mm -hmm. like these new guys from like i said from la and stuff and then it because of that and then i did my next feature with those guys and it just kind of became this thing where like even though i was in this area Mm -hmm. making movies i didn't know anybody else in this area that was making movies Mm -hmm. because i wasn't working with any of them Mm -hmm. so you know years later it's like oh like there's all these people, but now we're we're just we're kind of we know right. each other, but yeah. like we didn't come yeah. up together. Maybe that's fine, but um, but it's just the, an interesting way that it worked out, you know. I um, mean, it definitely threw me straight in from like my first feature with third year film students to like guys from Hollywood. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm not saying it was a Hollywood movie, but like that level of professionalism. And the thing I've discovered over the years is. Those guys from LA often feel more down to earth and easy to work with than, mm-hmm. you know, like not necessarily local people, but people in in Ontario and stuff who maybe take themselves almost too seriously and mm-hmm. can be a little pretentious or whatever. Like, you know, these guys, you'd, you'd uh, I'm probably burning all the bridges I've ever made. Anyway, we can, we um, can, we can burn all bridges. <laughs> that's true. Um, but uh, you know, but like. Do you find With it's those, because they do it so often? Like well, they're it's around just a, so it's many It's their job. Like, they're just right. like, this is my job. I don't... And <laughs> so the great thing was after a day of shooting, we'd talk about our kids or play around on guitar. Like, mm-hmm. we didn't need to talk about work anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's that's kind of the way my brain is. Like, I don't want to talk about... The movie. It, yeah, I don't... You know, if I'm working on a project, I want to talk about it. But at the same time, when you're actually on set working... You need a breather. You, you have to. Mm. You know, you have to You have to have a break so then you can sit and think about what happened today and could I handle it differently? You know, just so. Maybe anyway. the more, maybe the more, um, 
like different directors or different people that you work with, you end up kind of building this mode of operating where you're, you know, you don't know what you're going to get from any particular guy, so you're not going to come off too strong or whatever. You're going to kind of just... I mean, it could be. I mean, the thing is, too, I was, I'd become friends with those guys, so it was a really easy, you know, sort of um, relational transaction, I guess. Like, we just could hang out and talk about whatever. And, you know, and I was learning a lot from them because those guys had this concept. I mean, obviously, everything they work on is, like, big, like I said, big budget, like, kind of insane things, actually, when you think about it. And, like, so... I think for them it was kind of good to have the freedom to, of a non-union just thing that we're just we're all basically living in this house shooting this movie in the middle of the forest and um, you know but at the same time even when they're relaxed they bring a sense of that like you know let's get the stuff done. I remember mm-hmm. a specific example was we were working on uh, running late one day and we were all getting tired and I was like oh maybe we better push this last scene to tomorrow because like everybody's and the the stunt coordinator, um, who who is also in the film, did you see it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, so the guy in the crutches, right? Yeah. Like he wasn't supposed to be on crutches. That wasn't in the script. But he actually broke his ankle the week before we shot the movie. So not a very good stunt coordinator. Yeah. No kidding, eh? No, actually, I think he saved a bunch of people by breaking his ankle. But um, oh, but it made the character. <laughs> it, it it made the character. Yeah. No, it worked great. Yeah. yeah but yeah. like he had, so he had to have side story. Like he broke his ankle, and had to have surgery on it, like, and they were going to do it, like, the Monday. He's like, no, I need to do it, like, tomorrow. And then he went in, got them to, like, cut slits in the cast because if you go on a plane. Oh, and then, that's like, right Yeah, and then came and, like, Jesus. still did the movie. <laughs> like, not even, you know, already not taking his I pain pills. I take everything like, this back. Is a, yeah, Remember that time I said he was a <laughs> yeah. terrible stunt yeah. coordinator? He's yeah. a machine. Yeah. Like so a it, was, it was crazy. So anyways, he's sitting there, you know. And he just looks at us and he goes, listen, he says, if you shoot this tonight, you're going to hate it and it's going to be hard and tomorrow you'll be so glad you don't have to shoot it. <laughs> and I was like, I can't argue with that. Yeah. <laughs> so we shot it. And I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things that stood out to me was like, man, like it's, it's hard, but dude, we're making movies. Like even when it's hard, it's great we're making movies. Like, yeah. If we can find a way to complain about that, that's ridiculous. <laughs> so I, I hope everybody's been enjoying the first, the, the sous-sant of, of chit-chatting with Jason Armstrong. Yeah. What we're going to do is we're going to shut the video off so we can keep these these YouTube portions short. Yep. But we're going to continue on on the podcast that you can listen to at firstframesfirst.com or download it on YouTube. iTunes? Yeah. iTunes, not YouTube. Whichever. You, that's, that's your bag. Um, I'm going to make it happen. It's gonna. In fact, by the time you're watching this, it's already have happened. You're going to be able to get it on iTunes. It's like a time continuum thing. Yeah, we can't, yeah, if we tell them how to download the video that we're making, no. that means they've already seen it. Exactly. So stupid. <laughs> no, it's good. I like Please it. Please cut it off. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like that. I feel like they're going to be like... You know, no, because here's, here's, here's the thing. Someone's not going to be watching it. They're going to be listening to it on uh, iTunes. You're right. You're right. We need to guide them how to get to the yes. video portion. Yeah. Did you catch all that? Um, I just want to see. Like I, didn't, I didn't film any of it. Filmed none of it. <laughs> no, it, it stopped. I think we went over 12 minutes, which is like mm. this cap, which is so it's fine. Okay. So we'll just need, we, we'll probably just need like an audio sample that's just like, hey, catch the rest on. I don't know. Which we, we can have, do that. Which we have. Cool. No, we haven't. 
This is fun. So we're gonna we're still rolling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. you're gonna fix this later. <laughs> fix it in post, baby. As long as it's someone <laughs> else's problem. Yeah, in, fact, yeah. in, fact, in fact, the best part is we really don't have to. Do you it's know totally what? Cool to do you know what is five is, minutes of? Do you know what's really cool is having one camera. I mean, ultimate when as we go, it would not be nice that everybody had their own camera. Mm-hmm. I'd like I'd like one of those super sweet mics. Yeah, man, on the arm. Yeah. Oh, come on. And I did a podcast like that with some people, and they had, they had the mic right there, oh, and they're like, no, but delicious. no, so it seemed awesome, but they're like, but like, don't touch anything, and try to keep the same distance the whole time, and by the time all that was done, I was like, I don't know, man, this it looks cool, but so I remember. Stupid. So a long time ago, see, and that's what makes it great when you're already set the bar low, right? <laughs> if you're like, look, people just got to either enjoy listening to us talk about stuff, or... Or not. Or don't listen. Right? It's going to be so the worst or the TV. best. When, yeah. we did, when we did a show ages ago, we took like a little um, H1. Oh, yeah. Not an H. Yeah. And we stuck it in the uh, the uh, car flap. Oh, yeah. You know. The uh, visor. The visor, thank you. Stuck it in the visor pointing at the middle of the car and we drove around drinking coffee and talked and the sound nice. quality was terrible and you always heard the car. Like the original but Seinfeld. It was great. Yes. in cars. Yeah, that's exactly. good. So now, now that we shut the camera off, um, inspiration. Yeah. How are you doing with it? I mean, it's so old, and we're just waiting to T- talk to us a little bit about how does how does selling a movie come up? You want to get into that? Or you want yes, to talk- but give us a logline for the movie. Give us give us an understanding about uh, kind of just so that people understand what kind of movie it is. What kind of movie is it? Um, Where can they see it? You'll have to watch it twice to understand it. That's what kind of movie. You it could is. probably watch it three times. You, uh, you know, a mutual friend of ours said every time you watched it, you found something new. I will tell you. We'll <laughs> tell you a really shitty but fun story. All right. Um, that sounds like the perfect. Do you want to tell that story? Yeah. Let's but anyways, but um, I, I've seen it twice now. Yeah. And I, I would I would go again for sure because I think I'd still pick up. I heard people talking about layers that I, that I missed so hmm. I mean it's uh, I really I really enjoyed it and um, but anyways yes give us the yeah um, so like a like a log line oh man I don't think I ever came up with one I mean the <laughs> <laughs> terrible I had lots of time to work on it um, I mean the, you know it's this this girl that is a novelist and her uh, she wrote a really successful horror book maybe by accident and didn't really want to be a horror novelist so she wanted to do something else that didn't work out, and so she had to go back to horror, and yeah, it came with some crappy repercussions. <laughs> so I don't know if that's a good. Yeah, totally but... sold it, right? Like you can't yeah. wait to see. You've never heard of anything like it. <laughs> uh, it's a, it's, it's really is like a. I mean, it's a study in kind of like reality. You know what what defines reality? I mean, that's what I would say it is more so. You know, look at what happens to her sanity or perception of what's going on yeah what what genre does it fall into i mean it's i mean i just call it a psychological thriller i i feel like every good movie is actually just a drama if it's a funny drama then it's a comedy but if it's if it has no drama it's not why would you watch it yes you know so i feel like i always start with that basis i i would write dramas all the time i love that but you know if you want to sell a movie, there needs to be this other thing. So, it's a psychological thriller. Um, How long did it take you, know. you to write it? 
And did you? It did sounds you... terrible when I say these things, but not that long. <laughs> no, that's that's cool. I wish. <laughs> I, wish I, I don't. Do I just don't. I I for me, things kind of roll around for a really long time, mm-hmm. and then there's a notebook stage where I just scribble things in a notebook. I don't even often reference them afterwards. It's just I have to. Mm-hmm. And then, what I do is I end up writing a short story, just not a script. And then I write the script after I've done that. And the nice thing is, like, I mean, you've any movie you've ever seen that's ab- adapted from a novel, and you're like, well, the book was better. Like, it's almost never not true, unless the book had too much crap in it that didn't matter. Um, and the reason is because really movies should be short stories that are adapted. Like, trying yeah. to adapt a whole novel, I mean, you're cutting out TV's so, for. You're cutting out so much of the oh, novel yeah. that it becomes its own thing. Yeah. I was, I was always amazed at... Um, the Harry Potter movies, because they really stuck to the book, in my opinion. Like, I watched the first one with the kids, and then I read the book afterwards, and I read a couple more books, and then when you watch the movie, you're like, Jesus, they're almost... But maybe it's because a Harry Potter book is a short story, big words, small right. book. Who right. knows? Mm-hmm. You know, some of the bigger ones ended up in two movies or whatnot, but... Uh, oh, that's true. Yeah, and I mean, it depends. It has a lot to do with the screenwriter, too. Like, how well they can determine what's important and what's not. And I think a lot of times that gets messed up in adaptations. So, I don't know. But but that's kind of... So, I mean, realistically, to go back to that question, I mean... I wouldn't think it took any more, more than a couple months, sort of, from inception to finished script shooting um, shooting script ready to rock yeah. hey that is quick yeah. yeah and i mean it really came came about just because we were visiting some friends and you know i had started doing film stuff and this the friend of mine who lived up there at the time on this huge property in the middle of nowhere said awesome. you should shoot a movie here and i was like hmm. yeah i can all right so then i you know while we were there i was walking around and i just could I mean this stuff sounds like nonsense to people who don't write, but I could literally just see Samantha Kingsley and her goings on around this place, and I was like, "Yep, here's the thing. This is the story." Like I don't, I just feel like, you know, and it's 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 a it's a complicated story, mm-hmm, and I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I've had some feedback where people are like, "Oh, maybe it shouldn't be so complicated," and I'm like, "Well, I can't. I wouldn't. I would be unhappy." If I dumbed it down, so the other thing you know, too is that I've talked to a couple of people that enjoyed it, and they didn't get some of the layers, but they still enjoyed it mm-hmm. because just because they didn't understand everything doesn't mean that mm-hmm. they they couldn't enjoy just the face. Sure, the face. I mean, there is a very like basic story, top level yeah, narrative. For sure. There's certainly a lot more. My, my my stance on that movie is if if there's something that you're not sure you don't get. The answer is definitely in the movie. Mm-hmm. I've checked and rechecked. I was at a screening for a movie. I won't mention any titles. It wasn't yours, though. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, but they, you know, the, afterwards they had a Q&A. It was a pretty packed screening. Yep. They had a Q&A. And there was kind of this weird stuff at the ending and, like, this weird cameo and stuff that didn't really seem to belong. And somebody from the audience was like, well, why did this happen? And the writer was like, ah, I don't really, I don't know. 
He like he did he 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 had been drinking. So he, he sort of started to give away that he didn't know and then he switched and was like, Well, I mean, you know, I get to leave some things to the imagination, you know, you have to you think about what you and I was like, Yeah, that's the right answer, but you already said the wrong answer. So <laughs> yeah. you know, but I but it really made me think, I don't wanna be in that situation ever. So as long as I'm confident the movie answers all the questions it raises, if people don't get it, well it's okay. Yeah. Do you find um do you find you ended up going back over your your drafts and and going oh, I'm going to put this this next layer in or did was that did that all kind of hammer out in the notes and then as you went you were like you know what's weird is there's I mean I don't know how much you want me to go on about this but there's there's kind of like I'm going to say three really important layers and I thought about them all at all points while I was writing so I didn't mm-hmm. really I mean, it's hard to remember. It's mm-hmm. been a while. <laughs> that movie was a long time coming. But but I don't really think I went back and had to, like, fix things because of things that I wrote later. Like, I think I kind of knew where everything was going to go the whole time. Um, so, so when, yeah. once you had once you had um, script in hand mm-hmm. um, and you're starting to plan, plan your shooting, how do you, what are your, you know, what are your, what's your process to begin um, putting this thing together? Are you, are you... Starting to cast. Then just or had, now? <laughs> uh, let's, let's do a little bit of both. Okay, well then, uh, I probably just called people and was like, hey, I wrote a script, how do I, what, now what? You know, like, do you want to come work on it? Yeah. I have no money. You know, there's, a, there's my sales pitch. Um, luckily, people were like, yeah, okay. So, I mean, Filmmakers just, are stupid. I, right? Yeah. <laughs> we just never have so money. Stupid. No, but you, I mean, there's no other way. There's no other way at, at, I mean, at an independent film level, like truly independent, mm-hmm. somebody making their own movie. Yeah. There's no other way to start besides being like, yeah. hey, can you come out and help me out? Yep. And the thing is that it's a community of people that do it for each other. Yeah. Like if you think about <clears throat> just with, in terms of Michael Malko, mm-hmm. like he shot some stuff and we went and helped him and we shot some stuff and he came and right. did it for us, right? So it's like a give and take because yeah. everybody's trying to do... I mean, they're not. Everyone's not trying to do the same thing, but everybody needs help. Yeah. At and our level, certainly. And support, right? When yeah. people when people are showing the stuff that they do, and they've picked up a local theater and blah blah blah, it, it means a lot, right? When you mm-hmm. when you go out and bring some people and see what your buddies have done, right? So for sure. And so uh, it's um, it's understandable when you say to people, and the thing is, when you when you put it right on Front Street, like I'm doing this movie and I have no money. Mm-hmm. People can make the decision yep. if they're going to dedicate some time to, you know, donate their time, which is valuable and it's amazing sure. when people do it. Yeah. But they can make that decision because they know. Yeah. Especially yeah. when people come and work for free, and still the performances that you get out of some people are, yeah, incredible. Like they're swinging for the fences. Oh, yeah. love yeah. it. Well, and the and the bottom line there is, you know, you're. It's it's art. It's collaborative art. I mean. Writing can be, can mess with your head because it's so by yourself mm-hmm. that once you start to bring other people in, you can get too protective of what you've written and what you, you know, and, and with some stuff you have to be because you don't want the story to fall apart on the whim of an outsider. But at the same, and I mean, that's not even a good term, outsider, but like, you know, once you, the collaboration begins, whether they're making 600 bucks a day or a hundred bucks a day, which is typical in our world. And even then we're trying to have our wives not notice that we're giving away a hundred dollars a day to people. Um, but, uh, sorry, baby, you know, yeah, 
college will have to wait for your kids. Um, but, uh, you know, or whether they're working for free, the <clears throat> if they're dedicated to leaving something behind, then it'll be great. And if they're not, it'll be crap. And it won't matter how much they were getting paid. Mm-hmm. People don't... I mean, it's scientifically... Been, I mean, it's a search that's been exhausted that money isn't actually that great of a motivator when it comes to quality of work. Yeah, uh, we, It can we, get people to do more work, but not necessarily better work. We had joked that, um, you know, a, a super indie film that you spent five grand on versus 25 grand would probably be the exact same movie, mm-hmm. right? You would probably just pay people it a might be more worse. because it would... Maybe. <laughs> you know maybe. what I mean? Yeah. But you would, you would probably just afford that extra donut, right? Or give that person extra 25 bucks a day for gas or whatever. You'd feel like you would have it, but that money goes super quick, right? So, you're right. um, right. you know, people... Yeah, I definitely have a philosophy on work ethic. And when somebody shows up, if if, like, there are some people, no matter what they do, they're going to give it their all. And some people, no matter what they do, they're going to be lazy lazy assholes mm-hmm. so if you could pay the guy you know 200 bucks a day but maybe on the first day he's like hot to trot but as you go he's going to become that lazy asshole that he is yeah and likewise somebody who's a goer that regardless of what they're getting paid yeah. they go because that's what they do yeah you're going to be in fear of them making you look bad <laughs> so you have to work even harder yeah it's yeah. no it's true you know something that i learned <clears throat> while playing in the band i remember we we did a recording this was i mean i was a, actually a kid so this was some band i don't know but um we were we wanted to record something and so we went over to this guy's place and i mean this is immediately going to tell people that know anything about music how old i am but he had a four track recorder so basically i used a cassette but you could record on both sides at once you could record four tracks <laughs> yeah good stuff so um and but 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 at the time that was the beginning of doing this stuff at home. I mean, now four tracks have been around for a while, but you know, if you had the nice mics and stuff, you could do some pretty cool stuff. So, and I remember him, him talking to us and saying, you know, the, the thing is you can like, say you came here and for a hundred bucks, we record this demo. Okay. If you go and pay a thousand dollars to a studio, which actually would have been on the low side at that time, mm-hmm. it, it's not going to be 10 times better than the thousand or than the hundred bucks you spent. Like, you know what I mean? You're going to spend 10 times more, but the quality will never be 10 times more. So right. there is a diminishing level of returns on this stuff. And so, you know, when you hear about these, some of the, the costs of some of these movies, you know that you could you could make that same movie with hungry actors that you've never heard of for like a fraction of the price. Now, less people will go see it. I mean, there's a, there's a give and take, but I'm just saying like, it's not a better movie because it has famous people in it. But at the same time, you do want your movie to be seen. Yes. You want it to be picked up by Netflix or, or mm-hmm. whatever, right? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the the discussions that we've had are like, you know, if you're if you're doing a drama, better have an actor. Oh, yeah, Make sure you, you got a named Absolutely. actor, right? Otherwise, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter how great your movie is. Same with diminishing returns for equipment, probably, right? There's always the newest, greatest thing. But, mm-hmm. you know, be careful to not blow all your budget on. Absolutely. So what are you... Um, so, so inspiration... I guess, let's get into this, this story because I think it's hilarious. Okay. But not. But I'm sure you don't think it's hilarious. I, we'll find out. 
So, so the first time I got to see inspiration was oh, yeah, no, no, was... I don't think that's hilarious at all. <laughs> so you you got into now how how does it work getting into Blood in the Snow Festival? They're pretty big in in Toronto. Um, would you say they're pretty big even globally horror? I I honestly couldn't say because I'm not I don't really have a sense of what. Is big in festivals. I mean, mm-hmm. I know the really big ones. Yeah, yeah. And then I know like Fantasia, and then oh yeah, Fantasia Montreal. Yeah. After Dark and Blood in the Snow, like that's. So, just an aside because that's what we do here. Uh, we know the guys. <laughs> it's mostly asides, right? <laughs> all asides that kind of wrap into one thing. Gotcha. We know the guys that did uh, Demolisher, right? Yeah. And um, so when I heard that they got into Fantasia, I was pretty excited for them. That was cool. And then, but what I heard was our movie is screening at Fantasia and then right after it is Ant-Man. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. A couple guys from Guelph making, you know, uh, action movie and then Marvel movie directly after it was mm-hmm. opening at Fantasia for the first it time. It opened in, Ant-Man opened in Fantasia? Yeah, first screen. Hmm. Like crazy. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting decision because isn't Fantasia horror? No, it's sci-fi. Not, not necessarily. Sci-fi. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Which, which does envelop horror a lot of times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, so but Blood in the Snow—they've been around. I want to yeah. say like I want to say ten years, maybe more. Yeah, I'm not really sure, but I mean, he uh, Kelly's been hosting like stuff like with short films and things for quite a while. So I think it, I think he just posted something about it on online about kind of the evolution of that. And um, yeah, it was kind of a weird thing because I think when the movie wasn't quite finished and we weren't sure. What t- I mean, it kind of sat for a while. It got mostly finished and then just sat there because I was like, I don't know. I knew how to make movies. I didn't know what to do with them after that. So, um, you know, it, and then I was like, well, I'll, I'll send these guys like the not finished version. If they like it, we'll send them the finished version. And they were right. like, and they were like, nah, like, nope. So I was like, okay, well, that sucks, but whatever. So. Anyway, then we just finished it. Like, I, you know, it must have been a, another year later. We, like, had an opportunity. So we went in and got, like, the everything finished, the sound. And, you know, we did uh, – a buddy of mine did color, the color grading. That's He's a colorist now and um, had a chance to get, you know, the effects. I mean, almost every single special effect in that movie is totally invisible because they're, like, license plates. And they, like, there's not, like – Yeah, but that's perfect. Yeah, so, like, there's not crazy stuff. Go, oh, that sign says closed and it's supposed to stay open. So hey, yeah. my favorite – uh, when people watch Bickerman's Grove, my favorite a special effects shot uh, that you would never notice is just that Adrian had, and I'm sure, I'm hoping we're going to talk about this again another time, but he took a window from one house and just put it on another house, right? So that... Oh, yeah? So that you... you... So, that, so one of the characters actually leans out of the window and yells, yeah. but we did that at my house, and the outside of the house was somebody else's house. Nice. So I took the window. They were both locked off, so it wasn't it wasn't too complicated. But I just had to. Yeah. yeah. Don't tell people it wasn't complicated. It's still my it favorite thing. It was so because... difficult. <laughs> yeah. And it it's is invisible when it's invisible. That's the best. That's the, it's they, the best, right? But but the me, but the thing that sucks is you're sitting there going like, "That's so awesome." And everybody's like, "I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Why is that awesome? What are you talking? You about? spent money to have that happen. <laughs> yeah. The thing. Yeah, uh, because it was important to my art. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, anyway, so we finished it, and then <clears throat> somehow. Um, let me just re- restate. I have four kids mm-hmm. and a very busy life, so I forget a lot of the little details about things pretty easily. I think I have like a old like forty meg hard drive up here, like it's okay. old school. So I'm constantly booting stuff out. Um, 
anyway, I, uh, we got invited to, what is it called, uh, so, uh, something in Kitchener, Nathan Hawkins was putting it on, um, like a little expo that kind of leads into the zombie walk or whatever, I can't okay. just remember, it was, I think it was like the second year, so I was like, okay, cool, you know, we made up a couple posters for the movie and, and some other projects we were, we were promoting and some of the actors came out and stuff and it ended up kind of being pretty cool because like you know he had kind of set aside tables for all the different actors but they were all in our project so they were like well can't we just all sit together so we just doubled the table up and put up and so we had like all these people at our it was cool anyways we were just like a couple doors down from kelly and so we ended up chatting and he was like you know have you screened that movie anywhere yet and i was like no and he's like what would you want to show it at blood in the snow and i was like yeah Remember that, <laughs> That'd be awesome. Remember that time he turned me remember down? Remember that time? Yeah. No, I, mean, I don't remember. To, to Good. be fair, yeah, to be fair. Well, no, I mean, he did. He definitely remembered that, but, um, you know, it, it wasn't finished then. So yeah. I guess, you know, so I sent him this one and they they were stoked and then things happened that were less than awesome and then awesome so, things happened after so, that. So we show we show up at Blood in the Snow and it was great. We, we drove to Toronto from Kitchener-Waterloo and uh, we were pretty excited. We actually, I actually had a whole weekend of mm. of watching other people's stuff, it was pretty great. Uh, was who was uh, who was the short in front of you? Was Peter's in front of yours? Yep. Yes, it was. So our friend Peter Campbell, um, who was in Bickerman's Grove, mm-hmm. had his short film taking possession. I yep. think is what it was called. Yep. Um, and a, a cute, a, a, you know, a, a cool short about uh, a creepy house. And then I think I saw um, Sublet. Was the Sublet playing? Sublet closed out the festival. Okay, yeah. and Torin. Uh, Torrens, oh, yeah. uh, three, three dead trick or treaters, Torrens yeah. Lane. So I had spent the weekend in Toronto checking out a bunch of stuff. So we come in and we 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 sit down to enjoy and and I'm listening to Peters and I was like, oh, I'm a little sad for Peter. Like I wish Peter had done a better job. It was as I was watching this this film because I I love Peter and he was hilarious and great in our movie. Mm. And I was watching the thing that he, you know, put together, and I, I was watching it going, oh, okay, you know, not bad. I mean, we all struggle with things. I mean, we've had our struggles as well, and quality and, and whatever. Yep. And um, I was like, oh, oh, this is too bad. But but good, but the sound was terrible. And so, you know, my, my dad was sitting beside me, and he's like, oh, it doesn't sound very good. And I'm like, yeah, well, it happens, you know. And... Um, so we get through that, and everybody's clapping, and Peter, you know, got his blood in the snow pin, and, and everybody kind of clapped, and we moved on to your film. And again, we're listening to it, and we're like, shit, something is wrong. Something is not right. Mm-hmm. It's like there was a track that was completely missing or something. That's exactly it, you, what you, was going on, yeah. you could hear the people kind of, but you didn't hear what you were supposed to were, hear. Were something. they kind of underwater? They were just kind of quiet. It wasn't quite mm-hmm. right, but there was also, you could just feel something was missing. Mm-hmm. And people were like restless in the theater and I don't, I don't know what was happening. And so, you know, all of a sudden, you know, the, the director guy, they said, oh, sorry guys, we were having a problem with the speaker and um, just give us a few minutes or whatever. So they kind of stopped everything. And, um, and so they, I don't know what the whole story was, but I think they blew one full speaker or something. A whole track wasn't so, playing. So yeah, it's a 5-1 mix. And so the center speaker is dialogue. And, the, and and there's 
the faintest bits of dialogue on the right and left, but it's all in the middle because it has to be separate from the music. Right. That speaker was not working. So we could kind of hear the, the dialogue from the other speakers, but... The, not was... enough to really... Yeah. And, like, uh, you'd see things like... Um, there was other things, too. Like, a person would put a mug down or the telephone would ring and you wouldn't hear that piece and you're like, something is not right. You know? But anyways, it, I mean... Poor Jason, like, he was fucking shitting the Straight Oh, man. Come yeah. On. I, didn't, I, mean, that's, I, I that... didn't go to the closing film, and I was planning to, but I was like, I can't. I just want to go. It was so <laughs> terrible. I mean, every, but everybody was very supportive. And yeah. But, like, it's, at one point, the uh, the poor guys, like, at one point there, one guy comes in, he's like, does anyone in the audience, I know it's a weird question, but does anyone have a Mac cable? Because I think yeah, they had Yeah, because we were going to run a stereo version of it off of a laptop, but we didn't have the cable. What a nightmare. Yeah. So I mean, pretty much the worst thing that could possibly happen to you at a screening of your own at your opening, your opening your film yeah. at a film festival, and you and they would have checked that it would have been checked beforehand, oh. it would have been prepped and ready to rock. I mean, the, yeah, well, the file, everything was good on our end, but yeah. something had ha- must have happened the night before, or yeah. and I saw the movie that played the night before, and it, yeah. I didn't notice anything. So what, yeah, so, I mean, it's just just one of those things. Like the like just goes. One of the- one of them was I, I didn't I didn't stay in the auditorium obviously because I couldn't stomach it. No. But one of them was like, well, you know the the black fawn guys are moving to another theater, so it'll be fine. And I was like, that makes me feel way Thanks. better. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. No, for sure. Like, Why I mean, those guys were there. And I was like, neck well, and I was over. telling them what was going. I was like, guys, like, you're, you're yeah, gonna, like yeah. you don't you can't. And, show and they your did ask us. They were like, does everybody just want to watch the rest of the movie? And we did. And and you know what? And this is what I'm saying. Is I still enjoyed the movie, even though the sound was caca. It's nice to um, look at. I guess. It, it was fun, yeah. right? And um, so they, so my dad goes out to try to find what what the f is going on, and uh, the guys at Cineplex were like terribly sorry about this, sir. Here's four free movie tickets. Yeah. For your trouble. So then he came back in to sit with us, and then they were like, "Look, here's what we're gonna do." And I can't remember if Kelly said it right off the bat, but he basically said, "We are going to make this right." We are going to invite everybody back for a screening, um, and we're going to we're going to you know we're going to make sure that this is not messed up. And by the way, everybody gets two free movie tickets when they're leaving. So yeah. as we all leave again, we have. So I mean, you know how much I love movies. I mean, we got to see eight yeah, movies for rocked. for this inconvenience. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sorry, but I mean, I that was yeah. awesome for yeah. me. <laughs> I still and have so, my two. I don't, I don't. I should have gotten four, but yeah. Yeah, you maybe got more, 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 more than that. Yeah. yeah, but but so when when did we? When but are we, we not like the only film ever? To have an encore screening, yeah, because that was a big thing too. Like, I mean, I blogged about it, and the, and they wished I hadn't, but I was like, it's a private blog. Like, I wasn't slagging anybody. I was just saying this is what this happened, happened, and yeah, it, yeah. it sucked. It was a bad experience. I'm just being honest. Yeah, um, it's not their fault that it was a bad experience. Um, I mean, obviously, with a bigger festival, there would be a contingency. Like, if that happens, oh well, we've got another thing. But I mean, at their level, they they were stuck. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but the theater made it right, and we were able to go back, and I mean, still had a, you know, a pretty good turnout, and like... The the next time was great. Yeah. Was and, and like I said, I got to see, I got to see it again. I got to pick up things that I didn't pick up before. Mm-hmm. Adrian got to come out and see it. Right. And then, uh, you know, we beers afterwards, so what mm-hmm. are you going to do? That's... Uh, it's true. Yeah, and we, yeah, we did a good little schmooze downstairs um, afterwards, too, and, and I mean, yeah, it was, I mean, you know what, so it's... It's all blood under the snow at this point. <laughs> so, so after this happens, after after all this happens, um, are you are you pushing hard to sell? Are you talk, talking to distributors? Are people reaching out to you? How does that? We were done already. Okay. Before even the first screening, we already had it 
sorted out. So, um, just kind of, I mean, it was kind of a weird, I, I, they'll announce it and then it'll all come out and, it, and no one will be like, oh, it's blo- it's not a blockbuster deal or anything like that, but it, I mean, it's a very favorable deal for us, which you usually don't get, um, as long as it does well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was one of those things where like we announced that the movie was finished. Like we released the trailer. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen, but we're going to start promoting this movie. Like we're, it's kind of, if I have to, if it's on Vimeo for free, like it's coming out, I'm done with this movie. And, um, and then like very shortly after that, we got invited to the festival and, um, actually was, it was before that actually that we agreed to the distribution thing and like got invited to the festival and I was like, you know what, this is fine. Like, I'm stoked, mm-hmm. you know. I could take her, t- sort of take or leave the festival thing at this point because I was, you know, I felt like you're just trying to sell it. But, you know, in hindsight, it, no, I want people to watch the movie. But whether I can handle the stress of any more festival of things, Ooh. I don't know. But, um... It won't be like that yeah, every time. Yeah, no. no. And so, I, so, so I, the things I do know are that it'll be widely, like, widely available worldwide, I think, in June... Um, is the projected release date and beyond all the digital things and very cool can you talk about your process of getting it into the into the person's hands that was like (laughs) or is this giving it away no no it's fine it's just literally all of it just sounds not like anything else that i've heard people say so i think i think the one thing that people i think many of us are in the same boat right so we're we're, we've come up with a great concept, we're bringing people together, we're shooting things, we're putting it all together. And then, like you said before, now what, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I think a lot of people, and, and my hope with this show, is that we're trying to reach out to people that maybe even at either at our level or below our level a little bit, you know, that are starting out or whatever. And this is an important factor, right? Marketing and social and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, it's, uh, it's something that you don't really think about when you're yeah. like, oh, I have to become a marketing genius when yeah. I'm, Which when is I'm becoming a filmmaker. Almost no filmmakers forte. Right. right. Of course. Well, so, so we brought in some, some friends of mine from the U S who, who are, we have a mutual fanhood as how we originally met each other, but, um, to do social media and stuff like that's what, uh, she in particular, Keisha, she's like, that's what she does for a living is like social awareness and marketing for this book company. So, um, so she came on board and we, they started, those guys started marketing it and stuff. And then we sent it to like a handful of distributors, like locally, um, most of them just, like, they were like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to watch it. And then we just didn't hear anything else. Um, and, and usually, well, even when I would check in, they'd be like, oh, yeah, sorry, you know, we still haven't gotten to it. And so anyway, and then this other um, fellow contacted me and said, hey, what's happening with the movie? And I was like, well, we're just, you know, looking at options. And he's like, okay, well, like, I want it. So, like, let me know. Like, can I, or no, first he said, can I watch it? And so I sent it to him. He's like, he's like, love this movie yeah. he's like i want it and and uh and so he so he was checking in with me on a regular basis like hey what you know what's happening is it still available and i was like and so we talked terms and then i talked to my business partner and i said like this seems like a really good deal like i why don't we just go for it i mean this, this you know we've been trying to get this movie off our backs for a while and yeah. i want people to see it you know if we don't make a boatload of cash it's, i mean 
so far gone now that, I mean, it mm-hmm. doesn't owe a lot of money. Um, at least no one's, you know, starving because of the money that they would like to get back yeah. from it. So, um, <laughs> we've moved on. The yeah. money that we spent that time. Yeah. It's, uh, we've it's made like, new money. It's like all those times we went to McDonald's. We, we rolled it into the back. mortgage. Yeah. Fine. We yeah. don't even feel it anymore. <laughs> we know how much money we spend on Tim Hortons. Please. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so anyway, yeah. So he, you know, he was kind of persistent and then we were like, yeah, let's just do it. And so. Cool. It, it is done. And, and, and. It's weird because I don't, like, we didn't, we just didn't really try. So, like, we hadn't gotten around to trying really hard Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yet. I mean, we were going to. Yeah. But it just worked out. And, I mean, you know, if we'd held out, would it make a difference? I don't know. But the nice thing is, like, so it's it's a North American rights deal. Right. But also, it's a sales agent deal. So, in addition to the North American rights for actually not a really long term, if it's unsuccessful, we get it back. So, it's no big deal. That's cool. Um. And it's, and they're also going to represent it internationally mm-hmm. for other territories. So we don't even have to get somebody else to do that. They're going to be a sales agent. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we it seems like to... it'll be awesome. We'll do this again in a year. <laughs> yeah, awesome. yeah, for sure. Yeah. We, um, very luckily, uh, we are, we're very appreciative and uh, Bickerman's Grove got into Grand River Film Festival mm-hmm. last year and then subsequently Hamilton Film Festival, which is great. And when we went to Hamilton Film Festival, we uh, also got into Can- Canadian Film Market um, place. So we kind of like were able to show distribution people yep. and producers and blah, 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 our two films. And uh, But we got to sit in on some panels, which was cool. And nice. so um, they had some folks that were talking about, um, you know, not just budgeting, but also selling your film and, and whatnot. And some people from that were doing like um, one lady purchases shorts for airplanes, if that. Oh, cool. And uh, which was mm-hmm. kind of neat. And uh, I think, um, I'm just trying to remember her name, I think Susan from uh, oh, United from, Front yep. Entertainment was there. Susan and uh, she had some really cool things to say and, and kind of w- very eye opening. And, and uh, another director that's kind of, you know, been working and selling a bunch of movies. I think Ari, if, if I recall mm-hmm. Distribution was, guy. No, I think yeah. he was a filmmaker, but I think he had his oh, perspective. He but um, No, he was a distributor. Was he? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Smaller films. He had like, I don't know, he had a whole bunch of movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, the one the one interesting thing that kind of came out of that was, um, you know, Susan was talking about the fact that, you know, you really, international markets is a big, big deal for Canadian mm-hmm. film. And the funny thing was, there was a German guy in the in the auditorium, and he was asking a question. He was like, you know, I hear you saying how important it is to get into the German market, um, but I'm a German filmmaker, and when I go to these things in Germany, they tell me how important it is to get into the Canadian film market, right? And uh, her kind of joke, which was probably not a joke, was um, each country doesn't really support their own stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to go and get 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 you know films yep. from outside um so they're like you know you you work for your piece of your domestic market but really you want to try to get get outside so all of them reiterated that all the distributors reiterated the fact that you want to see what's happening beer delivery that is a amazing. super that is a super that is excellent. By the way. thank you my boy <laughs> this episode not brought to you by Pass blue ribbon um all of them said that the international market was kind of where it is, mm-hmm. where where you want to be right now. Like they talk, and they're talking from with actual numbers that they are dealing with, and yeah. saying that the numbers that you get 
from the North American market are usually not your most exciting numbers. Yeah. Certainly China's the spot. That's a lot of people there. Yes. (laughs) Want to make a movie for the Chinese. Well, and this is, this is an interesting topic, I think. So I guess this is a new aside. Yeah, yeah, go Whenever on. you guys need this to be over, just tell me, because yeah. I mean, I'm, we I'm like ready to hike. Um, the, the thing is, okay, we're, we're artists, so we want to make crap that mm-hmm. Resonates tickles with our us. pickle. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yours is better. Um, <laughs> no, but, it's not. <laughs> but, you know... The thing is, if you go and sit down with some distributor and say, what do you guys need from me? Mm-hmm. They're going to give you a list of things that you're going to be like, oh, I don't really want to make that. You know what I mean? They're going to say, I need this much blood, this much boobs, this much, you know, whatever. Like, I need it to be so basic so that anybody anywhere can understand what's going on. And it's frustrating because you're stuck in this place where you're like, I want to be an artist. But maybe I just have to be a connected dots business guy. Mm-hmm. And frankly, if that's the case, I would not do this anymore. Um, I just can't, like, I can't mm-hmm. do, <laughs> I don't know. I just can't do the check off that. I mean, maybe, you know what I mean? If it was there the was trick some flexibility. Is, the trick is, can you sneak it in and be both? Right. Can you still do Can you still do the story and, yeah. that you want? And check the checkbox. But see, here's but here's the thing. I can only say that once a conversation. Yep. It's like there can't be more than one the thing. Um, but the thing is that look at the movies that are hitting right now. They don't check the boxes. Mm-hmm. Yet still, the distributors are going to say, "Here's." The, I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm saying mm-hmm. they have a they have a small view of of success, and that is. Within these confines, we know we can sell the movie. Right. This one's too risky. Right. Mm-hmm. This one's too risky. I was listening to um, um, Jamie. Uh, uh, what is that? What's that guy? I can't think of his last name now. The guy from Scream. Jamie. Uh, anyway, you'd you'd probably know him. If, oh, Jamie Kennedy. He has a podcast now. It's the most bananas podcast. They're like literally. There's no way yours is weirder or worse or <laughs> any like. He sounds just like he's losing his mind for two hours about the weirdest stuff. But anyway, but it, but he talks about that, and he says, what, like, when I was a kid, and he's about the same age as us, maybe a little older. Um, oh, actually, you guys are probably younger than me, but I'm going to lump myself in anyway. Sure. Um, he said, when I was a kid, like, every, like, they didn't have these, like, tailored movies. Like, every movie was a risk, like, and they mo- often made only one. Right. They made that. Oh, this movie's cool. Now I'm going to make this movie. Like, right. Paul Verhoeven, you know, made all these weird movies one time. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting to see where we've come to. And what he says is, like, now all these decisions are made by accountants who make $250,000 a year, which is not crazy money, but they want to keep it. Right. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to greenlight something that might cost them their quarter of a million dollars a year and putting their kids through college. You know, even though a risky decision could make them a millionaire. I mean, they Absolutely. always talk about the fact that, oh, Stranger Things got pitched ten times and everybody turned it down until mm-hmm. Netflix picked it up, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's cool that uh, some of these, you know, media giants uh, or, let's say, new giants are stepping up and, and making original content. Yeah. 
um, and taking more risks, right? Well, because the they've already got, they're like, we don't really make money on this. We're going to throw money at this and see what happens. Yeah. Right? And if it gets, and, and then, and, you know, you look at Netflix, HBO, um, Amazon, even Hulu, mm-hmm. which some of us have, even though it's not available in Canada. Um, <laughs> but but those guys are they're what what counts as a blockbuster to those guys is so vastly different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From film. Studio. Yeah. But I gotta be honest with you, I'm currently enjoying serial format storytelling more than most movies. Now there are some really great movies, but there are not nearly as many great movies as there were when I was a kid. Now, is that the magic of watching movies when you're a kid? Partly, but it's the oversaturation of advertising. The problem is if you take a story and massively dumb it down for for the whole world, and then you release ten trailers about this massively dumbed down story, like there's not there's not much left to surprise you. Right. So you know when Netflix goes, oh, next week this new series is going to be online. Like you didn't you know anything about it. No. Nope. That's amazing because then you watch it and it's like. Your mind is blown, and if, and if it's if it's mediocre, what have you lost? Right. Your subscriptions still cost the same amount. Absolutely, and they're watching the streams, and they know whether to keep pushing something. Yep. Like Trailer Park Boys, they you know they knew how many people how how much people were watching Trailer Park Boys. Yep. It left the big the big studios, and yep. Netflix has brought it in house, and it's now a Netflix original series because they know they have the back end. You know, information, the data. They have information no one else has. Exactly. Like the, the Nielsen thing, like they don't know anything compared to what Netflix knows. Absolutely, and it really bugs them. Mm-hmm. There's actually, I watched uh, the Hollywood... And they don't have to release it, that's what's the best. Yeah. <laughs> the, on The Hollywood Reporter, I watched this, and they had executive producers sitting around a table, and one of them was the Netflix guys, and they had NBC, ABC, all the, the top dogs. Mm-hmm. And they were all sitting there going, yeah, Netflix has this way of deciding what content they're going to push and what they're going to hold back and they keep it to themselves. Mm-hmm. That Netflix guy wasn't saying he, shit. No, he was. He was just the... Yeah, he just... Uh, and that like, algorithm yeah, is worth a billion dollars. Yeah, more yeah. than that, probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's... And, and the great thing, too, is like... like So the whole thing where... You know how, like, before this year, you could spoof your location and watch yeah. all the different... And then they, like, yeah. shut heard, that down. I heard down. an interesting story about that. It, wa- it wasn't Netflix... That shut it down. Netflix was fine with it because everything they release as an original goes to every territory. But the networks and the the cinema companies they don't want that because if this movie's selling like crazy in China, they don't. Or that's not a good example, but Germany they don't want it on Netflix Germany because it's right. selling. Mm-hmm. But Netflix is like we're like this is so archaic. Why are we doing this? Yeah. Like what? Like why don't we? As I mentioned before, why don't we bring these budgets back down to real life, mm-hmm. make things for Netflix, and give it to the whole world, mm-hmm. which I mean is for them is a great business model because what do you need like a fraction of a percent of people from a bunch of different countries to sign up for Netflix because they want to see the yeah. new yeah, whatever limiting you know, snickets, new limiting snickets, which by the way was very entertaining. It was it, it it was. Look, it was gorgeous, but I will say that it was kind of repetitive. Like it, I will say that it was depressing. I, I was like, it was so beautiful to look at. Yep. But the, I was in it for the narrator. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. With you. He, I could watch. I could listen to that guy read a phone book. It'd be yeah. the best. Have you? You've seen the Emperor's New Groove? 
with him. Yeah. 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 See yeah. the sky today. Talk yeah. about blue. Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie. Oh, dude, like, even, like, I, you know, we changed squeak, our Hulu. Squeak, squeaking. We changed our Hulu package so we don't have commercials anymore. Which, and the thing that makes me sad about that is those car rental commercials. Yeah, I don't get to see them anymore. Yeah. Like, as a control enthusiast, I like to, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, love that guy. So, so let's, 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 let's take a second. Let's r- kind of wrap up our show. Okay. Um, but, uh, what we want to do is, is just get a general idea of, of where people can, can people watch stuff that you've done so far and, and where are you going next? That way we can follow up, uh, some other time and, okay. and see how you're doing. And where can people connect with you? If they wanted to, yes. You know I mean? P- pigeon carrier pigeon carrier pigeon. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean the skgfilms.com or like t- the Twitter. I don't mean the Twitter as in I don't know what it is. I mm-hmm. mean the Twitter handle skgfilms. I think. I don't. I don't run it. I don't run it. I have my own personal one, and that's the only one I run. I feel very blessed to say it's not my job. <laughs> so we're saying we're saying probably June. June for inspiration, yep. Um, And I'll just give you the speed version of what's coming, because for me it feels like old news. But uh, another feature film that should screen this year and then hopefully go off to distribution is Alice and Undone. We're just finishing post on that. Another one is The Ghost is Alive. We're finishing post on that. And we are gearing up for um, season, I guess it's a new season, of a web series we did called Swerve. Um, 13 new episodes and frankly that is where my heart is right now is that stuff I mean series. I love the story yeah. you know the, the the YouTube series I mean it got that show got us a thousand new subscribers and Whoa. the first episode I think is at 10,400 views tell us a something. little bit about Swerve season one's on YouTube season one's on YouTube I didn't think there was going to be more but there's more uh, coming and it's pretty friggin' awesome. It is a uh, story about this girl who um, basically is frustrated with her life, and so she packs up and goes a hitchhiking and ends up with a couple other ladies, kind of in a cabin in the woods, just hiding from reality. But other reality comes and things get really complicated really quickly. So um, it's a drama. It's not not horror or supernatural or anything like mm-hmm, that but mm-hmm. it's uh yeah it's kind of uh <laughs> conceptually it's kind of um mr robot okay meets uh maybe a li- hopefully this season a little bit of this is us which is an example of network television that rocks um few and far between mind you but uh, if you're a writer you have to watch that show it's incredibly well written um i didn't write it though I don't know why I plugged it. Um, anyway, yeah, so that that stuff, and then uh, there may be another series spinning out of that. So that's kind of what's going on, um, and I'm doing my usual script work for other people, kind of for hire on the side, and uh, awesome teaching some classes and and, and, and if like people that. can uh, can read all about where they can hire you and all that kind of stuff at SKG Films or uh, no, I mean just you know. Just contact me on Facebook or so, yeah. Jason Armstrong. It's actually JSN to keep, you know, old acquaintances away. Um, it's not working, <laughs> though. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't actively hunt that stuff down. It's yeah, busy enough. Comes but, to yeah. Yeah, good. So, I don't know. I guess that's it. Yeah, so just a last question. Yes. Some advice for somebody who is starting out. 
Well, I mean, my instant response is don't. Just stop right now. <laughs> stop. Don't. It's not worth it. it. Learn how to draw and make comic books. Um, <coughs> I mean, honestly, surround yourself with people who know what they're doing. Not people who necessarily uh, act like they know what they're doing, but people who legitimately have accomplished something and pick their brains and, you know, make sure you... The biggest thing is to learn from other people's mistakes. I mean, that's the, that's huge. We're not always good at that as humans, but if somebody else got it wrong, chances are you're going to get it wrong with it if you don't get the facts. So, you know, just step into it, you know, cautiously, but then make art. Because I think the bottom line is you can shoot something real cool on your phone. So shoot it, you know, like, like get, get practice the freeway first. And, uh, I mean, I don't know, it's not really cohesive advice, but it's just some things that I think, you know, it's 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 gotten to be a pretty thick field of varying degrees of awesomeness, so you have to be sure about what you're stepping into, but... So basically, stop. Yeah. Stop now. Yeah, stop. And, uh, don't do it. Give, yeah, give run it. away! <laughs> Alright, that's this has been uh, Fable Forest Films' podcast. First frames first. That's Our right. guest, Jason Armstrong. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much for uh, being here. And uh, SKG Films, Skeleton Key. Yep. That's right. Yeah, Love that's it. Close. What's up with Skeleton Key? It's got a story? Yes. Oh. Do you tell people? <laughs> Do you know? Because here's the thing. Is the, it one of those secret the first stories? Because one of the first times we sat down with Jason, did I just, we ended the show, right? And now we're keeping like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, fine. Still so recording? Right. The, the first time we sat down with Jason over over a couple drinks. That was um, in, in Kitchener, was, right? At yeah. Some at, restaurant. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, They're all the Fionn's, same. Fionn's McCool's. Yeah, you're Fionn's right. McCool's, yeah. That's true. And uh, I'm like, that guy is wearing a skull key or on a necklace around his yep. neck and uh and you know we've of course we've seen each other a couple times over the years and and even today skull skull keys around the neck so i love it it's branding brand marketing i love it yeah it is a secret story right it's not uh you know not really i mean the idea was just that it's uh this idea of of unlocking stories you know what I mean? And that a skeleton key can unlock all of them. And I mean, that's the story. That's not the story behind the keys I, I'm wearing. But I, that's, hope that, I hope that that's you very cool. can unlock the secrets of making some serious dollars. That, if I do, I will tell you. <laughs> they are. Yeah, that, awesome. that is the secret. I mean, that, <laughs> yeah. is, the, uh, that is why. Yeah, that's everything. Yeah. If you can get a return on your movies so that you can make more movies. Yeah. I mean, that's El Dorado. Yeah, it sure is. Well... It's interesting, like, um, we're done, right? Like, officially done? Okay, yeah, 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 sure, we can be um, done. <laughs> I mean, I don't care. I mean, what, re what record away. Yeah. Record away. It's just I, audio. I, I'm, I'm assuming I'm keeping you guys from dinner, so I don't want to be too long. But, um, uh, like, so for the second series of, of this Swerve show, um, you know, we did the first one, like, real cheap. Everybody just kind of threw in. We were like, this is a cool story. Let's just make it. Yeah. And, and literally, like... For, wrote it you know and then we like i knew who i wanted in it um emily's in it um as are a couple other actors that'll turn up in some other stuff we've done yeah and so we just went shot it my buddy mike and i did post and like the thing was online like mm -hmm. within a month of shooting it like it was very quick it was less than that probably three weeks and um and the viewership was unbelievable like i couldn't i thought i hope like some hundreds of people will watch this but 
you know, but then now I've got, like, I'm like, I need more tens of thousands of feet. This is unacceptable. <laughs> um, you got a taste. Yeah. But, Why doesn't my third episode have 10,000 yeah, viewers? Right, yeah, exactly. Um, they're all over five, so that's that's good. Like, like, there's a very steady, like, the people that stayed. Watch it, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, so, the decision I made this time around was, like, I really want to not have all the jobs. And, I, and like, we, I can't just pay for, the, for it this time. Like, we need to be able to mm-hmm. pay for it. So, um, our social media girl, Keisha, and Sharon Bell, who's the sort of central character of that series, um, they're actually producing now. They're going to run a crowdfunding campaign, and they have uh, crazy awesome ideas and connections, and they're so stoked about it. I mean, and they, they love the story and the series right. and where it's going and stuff, and like, so much that that's awesome because I can just focus on making that awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to do the other things. So, um, so that's kind of like, it's kind of exciting and it's cool because if it goes well, then they'll want to do it again. Mm-hmm. We'll try it with other projects. Um, I think it's kind of, to me, like I have mixed feelings about crowdfunding, but, and I think most people do because mm-hmm. as a, if you think about it conceptually, it can bum you out. But, the thing about it is, really, it's just a way to say, okay, we're going to go direct to our audience with this story, but we just need to pre-sell it. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line. You're like, we're going to pre-sell it. So, you know, you could literally run a crowdfunding campaign and go, 10 bucks. that's the only tier, and you get the movie when it's done. But, I mean, yeah. some people want an excuse to give more, so you give them those reasons. Give them yeah. some cool piece of memorabilia. But the bottom line is, it's just pre-selling your thing. That's the way I look at it. So... So what happens is you know you have your whole budget. Everybody's going to get paid. Whatever it costs, if it's $5,000 or fifty, I mean, that's better have something good. But, um, and then you can shoot it. It won't owe anybody any money when it's over. Mm-hmm. Everybody's paid. Mm-hmm. And you can still sell it to a distributor. Like, mm-hmm. it's your movie. But, yeah, it's yours. Yeah. But you've done it, and they've been part of it. And, you know, so, I mean, we've done it. We did it one other time, and we went, like we did like 500% of what we were trying to raise. I mean, what we weren't trying to raise that much, but, um, that's awesome. Yeah. We, like a, so, suc- a successful campaign is, it's not, it's not an easy thing. No, I think the big thing is people just jump into it without planning. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, Oh, I'll just put this thing up. It looks cool. And then we'll rate like, it doesn't work like that. You know what right. I mean? You have to you have to a plan. know how much you need, how much also. you need and yeah. who are you reaching out to? Right. And, I mean, these girls know all that stuff. Sharon, um, the lead, who's who's one of the executives now, um, she's in another web series called Couplish, and they just did their second season. They just finished shooting it. They did a crowdfunding campaign and raised $47,000. I mean, guys, that's... Like we can make a feature for yeah. that kind of money oh, with guys like us, right? Yeah. I, we could probably make three yes, please. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. yeah so, you know, so, I mean, and that's... I mean, the nice thing about working with her is she does have a really big following on social media and stuff like that. She's a big deal. Um, but, and that helps. I mean, that's no joke. That's a big, like, that's a microcosm of why celebrities get the acting jobs, right? Because it sells. But yeah, there's also absolutely. something nice about you upload it and you see people's feedback. And, you, and they t- engage with you. And you watch it happen. Every day that we uploaded a new episode, within minutes, we were over a thousand views. Yeah. Wow. And it's like, 
Oh, because you and you had your subscription, your subscribers, and your following, and well, but and the subscriptions just went bananas. Because I mean, I think when we started, we had like three hundred subscribers. Or something now we have like, I don't even know, maybe fifteen hundred, sixteen hundred. I mean, people that That's automatically. Right. So I mean, I, I mean, obviously these aren't like we're not getting like a gold YouTube button or whatever they are. Like it's not like that, but um, but it's it's cool and it's rewarding to the artist side of you. So what I'm trying to marry that with is the it's is I want to also not owe money mm-hmm. and pay myself to do like pay everybody and not a lot of money, but enough to go you know what we this is what we did for a li- we do this for a living at least yeah. this month you know what I mean yeah. and um and people like it and they're watching it and we're giving them something that I think is cool you know what I mean so giving them you're giving them an entertainment yeah and that does it i mean it's it does cost money it's yep. like to you know so a quick question just as an editor mm-hmm. um what do you edit on i use davinci resolve now um i was a final cut guy once i started using resolve and like just hung in there for half a minute i was like yeah man like i'm not going anywhere else i'm done cool. because i love being able to cut flip over to another tab, do some grading, you know what I mean? Like, the whole thing. And then you just export it for some schmo to do audio. <laughs> just only because I can't. I'm yeah. not, I don't know. But What camera do you like using? What camera have you enjoyed using the most on your projects? Because you, you shoot a lot. Yeah. you got a lot going on. So, like, yeah, feels what, like it. what cameras do you like shooting on? Um... I mean, I like the red like everybody else or, or whatever, but... Um, we just purchased, like I said, that <clears throat> black magic setup from, from, uh, Mitch. And, um, I really like that camera. It's simple to use. It interfaces flawlessly with DaVinci because it's made by the same company. Yeah. Um, it has lots of limitations. Sure. I mean, it, you know, you can't do slow-mo at, at high res and stuff. Little things. I mean, you can still do 30 frames a second, which unless you're trying to show like sweat droplets is fine. But... Um, you know, but I, I took a lesson from this friend of mine who's a DP in LA and he said, you know what? He said, if you have a thousand dollars to spend on a thing, he said, spend it on lights and just use whatever camera because any camera guy worth his salt. I mean, if the scene looks beautiful, every camera is going to capture that. Are there degrees of betterness? Of course there are, but uh, the bottom line is who's actually watching any of this stuff well, in we 4K? About, like, we talked no about yeah. the diminishing returns of whether or not something is so much better to watch when you when you spend that much more yeah. money. I, I do, but I'm a firm believer that a person that has a good story, will you will enjoy it on a cell phone. <laughs> do you know, you would enjoy it on a cell phone versus a red camera. And I would also say that audio is... I'm gonna say is far more eighty five percent far more important eighty five percent of the experience. Same guy that I was referencing. He said <coughs> the sound is crap. It looks bad. Bottom That's line, absolutely if true. It, if the sound is incredible, it looks better than what it actually looks like. Yeah. People are okay with a with a shitty looking image, but they're not okay with shitty sound. It's no. funny how it messes with your mind. Yeah, you're. It really does. Yeah. When, when you something, I I actually another story about about shitty sound was. I went to see the opening of um, Public Enemies, okay. Johnny Depp's movie, mm-hmm. and um, again, similar problem. Some speaker or something, uh, no, sorry, what it was was, and it ended up being in the paper, the first run of that movie, it was the last daily, it wasn't a, it wasn't a 
finished film oh. and there was something wrong with the audio track that ended up getting released to like every cineplex or something Ugh. crazy you can probably hunt it down but i got out of that movie and i was like that movie was fucking stupid like it was terrible when the guys were running these are all gangsters and they're running and they're shooting and i was like when they're running up the stairs it doesn't even sound like stairs i don't know what's happening but this movie with johnny depp is garbage and um anyways when that came out i was like oh justified and then they ended up i've never seen it again and i still think the movie's terrible um, but maybe if you but saw i'm it sure again, it's not it's not terrible but it's, i've actually heard it was terrible even <laughs> I, I mean seen it but yeah sorry johnny depp yeah. stick to pirating jason savvy thank you so much for your time man no really problem. appreciate it no problem you you're gonna give our podcast some uh, validation <laughs> here Maybe you guys are going to make give you, me some <laughs> You're going to make it a real thing. <laughs> you know? All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, Let me push see us in a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening to the Fable Forest Films podcast. First frames first. Yes. First frames first. Thank you, Jason. Welcome. If you enjoyed, head over to our website, www.thefableforest.com. Check out our films and sign up for our newsletter where we will send you exclusive content. Hit us up on our socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, always at The Fable Forest. And share our show with your friends. It'll really help us out a lot. Dream big. Work hard. 